I'm Kristen Marchand, and this is the Apiango Line, a podcast sponsored by the Station Keepers, a volunteer organization dedicated to preserving our local heritage and unique culture here in the upper Madawaska Valley. Today, we have for your listening pleasure another one of our back-in-the-day oral histories conducted by Martina Koulis. But instead of talking to just one person, Martina decided it would make more sense to talk to both Beth and Johnny Hildebrandt together. One without the other? Well, that's just not possible. For those of you who don't know Beth and Johnny Hildebrandt, you are in for a treat. Both of them have been contributing to the well-being of our community for decades and in a thousand different ways, from local politics to volunteering on a gazillion different committees and fundraising organizations. Yet, despite what you might think their biological ages might be, they remain forever young in outlook, in energy, in attitude, and in their mutual desire to do what is best and good for their community. And boy, can they get a rise out of people who take life too seriously. It's time now to join this happy-go-lucky couple as Martina Koulis delves into the life and times of Beth and Johnny Hildebrandt. Have you ever met Beth? I don't think so, How no. old are you? I'm 21. Okay, yeah. but she worked at the high school for. Okay, and I don't think when I was in high school, no. No, not a bit. <laughs> 30 years? Your mom and dad, for sure. Not your mom, your dad. My dad, yeah, I would definitely. So there it is, eh? Yeah, that's... Hi, nice to meet you, I'm Martina. Hello, Martina. Okay. <laughs> Take <There's>... your time. <laughs> Martina. Are, you want me to? Yes. Yes, preferably. Yes, yes. Okay, well, I, I, I can shake. only do it for uh, an hour because I've got to... Oh, you won't be here for an hour. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, let me... You're not wearing a mask. That's okay. I can put one on. No, if no, like. I'm okay. I'll sit. She works at the manor. She gets tested four times a day. Uh, four. I've been tested four times. I got tested yesterday, so. Oh, okay. We we haven't been tested. My mother was a Sabolsky. Okay. <coughs> and my dad, of course, a Hildebrand. So I live at the corner of Sabolsky Road and Hildebrand Street. Okay. Growing up. No, right or now. here. Right now. Okay, I turned down there on the way here, and I was like, I don't think I'm on the right street anymore. And I was like, oh, there's one more house on this road. Okay, go. So we can just start with an intro, kind of like who you are and all that stuff. And then okay. we're just going to do basically chronologically childhood, adulthood. I've been getting some great stories. I don't think it'll be too much of me talking, hopefully. <laughs> well... I'll, I'll start again. Well, she's going to introduce us, Johnny. Okay, go ahead. So you, you can go ahead and just state your name, where you grew up. Your John family. Hildebrand. Grew up, born in Barry's Bay, Ontario. Uh, my ancestors came here as original pioneers, both the Polish and the German part of my family. So we've been here as original settlers, okay. going back to the 1800s. I'm Beth Hildebrandt. I was born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh, we got, I met Johnny in Toronto. Uh, we got married in Toronto. And we had three children in Toronto and then he was between jobs. And his dad needed help in Barry's Bay. 
and said, we will come to Barry's Bay for six months. I said, oh, okay. So after six months, another six months. And this went on for two years. And then finally I said, when are we going back? And he said, do you want to go back? Why? And I said, because I, said, I want my family. And he said, do you not see them every six, six weeks or two months? Yeah. My friends, same thing. Do we not have a house in Barry's Bay? Yes. Would we in Toronto? No. Do we not have money in the bank in Barry's Bay? Yes. Would we in Toronto? No. Why do you want to go back? And that was 56 years ago. 53 years ago. So I'm still here. <laughs> and she's nailed to the floor. <laughs> not such a bad place to live, I don't think. No, no gosh, no. I'm glad we did. <laughs> yeah. I go to school in Toronto, so oh. yeah, it's definitely different from home for sure. For Where do you me. go? I go to U of T. Oh, for gosh sakes, my yeah. grand, our granddaughter went there. It's right downtown, yeah. I know. Great location. I, I like it for school, but sometimes it's a lot of people. Yeah. For sure. Our, our granddaughter just graduated from med school. She is now a doctor. Wow, yeah. very impressive. It's yeah. a tough med school to get into, too. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, you're you're going to the best university in North America. I uh, yeah. yeah. I'm a very very proud uh, proud student to go there yeah. for sure. Great. So we can start now with maybe childhood. Um, I guess this is more so for you. <laughs> we can still talk about yours. I'm still interested. <laughs> As I was telling you, uh, there was very few modes of transportation when I was a child growing up, either walked or you took the horse and buggy or a horse and sleigh. And going out of town, of course, the only thing was the railroad. <laughs> so if you wanted to get around, that's the only way you can get around. But in my time, this was probably the busiest railroad line in the whole of maybe even Canada. There was trains that uh, the railroad line ran from Ottawa to Perry Sound, a lumber baron by the name of J.R. Booth uh, built this railroad and basically to, so he could haul out his timber and lumber and logs which he would, they would ship to England. So there was a constant, very, very busy place, big train loads of logs, lumber, wheat from the west. Uh, and I. I think I told you earlier maybe that we would count the cars going through as kids to see how many, you know, who was right in, in counting or who would guess the right amount. Okay. Anyway, it would usually be a hundred or maybe even more. So they would, uh, it would be a constant click, click, click right through Barry's Bay. Wheat trains, uh, logs of course, by that's the way they shipped everything. Square timbers, most of it coming from the middle of Algonquin Park. Tourist, tourism, there was no such a thing as tourism in those days. But the uh, train line was, it was trains going through here constantly. And I, I guess it, it, for us it was a source of entertainment when occasionally there would be a, what they call a troop, 
train coming through, soldiers coming through, and a prisoner of war uh, used to come through. Don't ask me why they came Paris Sound through here, but they did. And I'm talking German prisoners of war. Yeah, from World War II. So whenever uh, they were, the train was coming through with them on it, there would be a whole pile of mounties in town before and after and all okay. that sort of business. So that's kind of how you knew that that's what, what was happening yes. was on the train? Yes. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And then where the uh, long, not the long-term care, Valley, what, what do they call that place here? The Water Tower. Water Tower. Water Tower. Okay. Lodge. Yeah. There used to be a uh, closed-in, what would you call it? pens. Okay. And they used to bring cattle, sheep, horses, cows, pigs, and as kids, we used to, they were all penned up, of course. Mm -hmm. So our, one of our pastimes was we loved riding the pigs. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it was a case of who could stay on the longest. But it was interesting to watch them being herded onto the train and the, and the way they go. And I'm talking about, this, this was a big deal, eh? I'm, I'm talking maybe a thousand pigs. Wow. Cattle. So that was, as I say, our source of entertainment. Lots of fun. Did you have to sneak on those pigs, or how did that work? Sorry? Did you have to sneak on to get onto those pigs, or...? No. <laughs> no, we didn't get on the train. We, we, oh, sneak we, on. we climbed the fence, over the fence, and hopped on the pigs back until we were right. <laughs> and we did the same thing with uh, sheep, and there was always something happening down there. <laughs> Uh, and of course, you know, the trains would stop there and the boxcars would be there and we'd use meeting places for the boys. We could have our conference calls in the boxcar. <laughs> All those top secret missions? Yeah. Anyway, for me as a kid, it was, it was fun, literally. It provided a lot of entertainment for us. So it was probably nice having the farm so close to the town oh, yeah. with the train going through. And they used to have, have a fair called a Renfrew Fair. Um, they still have it, I guess. But one of the big deals was to be able to go to the Renfrew Fair with five bucks in your pocket. And they'd run a special train from here to Renfrew, take you down there and then bring you back. Eh? And of course, all anybody who ever came here, of course, stayed at Balmoral Hotel, which is just across the street. And the station, it, well, it was a, a meeting place, I guess. So yeah, all right. Kind of the center of town, I guess. It was. Now, how did you two meet exactly? Well, I'll do that one. <laughs> um, he was in Toronto working. He, he left school, went down to Toronto, got school, got his diploma, and he was fed up with home, I guess. He just wanted to break loose. Seventeen. And uh, so we met uh, his friend. I was dating his friend. Okay. Unbeknownst to me that he was friend. <laughs> and um, Stan... Modulewski. Uh, Modulewski, yes, Polish. Uh, mentioned that his friend needed a blind date. So this was Johnny, naturally. And I, so I got him a blind date. He didn't like her. So there was another date that he got as well, didn't like her. So too bad. 
But then I started to look, hmm, okay, well, he's kind of interesting. So the next thing you know, we're starting to date and that's it, game <laughs> over. And as of June the 4th of this year, 60 years of wedded bliss. Wow. Exactly. That's impressive. That is very impressive. It is. Days. It is. Anyway, yeah, I was working, I was in um, working at a, or I was in school, I'm sorry, secretarial school. Okay. Learning uh, how to type and stuff like that when we met. And then uh, that was it. Uh, I don't know whether you'd know that or not, but you know, Matt, you've heard of Madawaska Doors. Yes. My father and I started that business oh, no, I didn't in know the 1960s, and that's why I came up here. And unfortunately, he died at the age of 56 from heart attack. Mm -hmm. But as you know, the company eventually had 120 employees and shipped material all over the world. And it's still operating now and doing very well. Mm -hmm. So that's, and we lived, we call it the House of Pooh Corner. <laughs> that's what we named it. He didn't know who Pooh Corner was or what Pooh, Winnie the Pooh was, but I did. I was raised on Winnie. And uh, so we called it Pooh Corner. Uh, we had all four children there. Lisa, the last one, was born here in Barry's Bay at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And we lived there. It was at the bottom of a very, very, very steep hill. And the only way you can get in and out is to park at the top of the hill and walk down. I hated that place with a passion. I can tell by the name. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, we were there for, uh, oh gosh, eight years, nine years. Uh, the, and, and in the winter time, the only way we could get in and out of the place before we had a four-wheel drive vehicle was a snowmobile across the ice. And uh, so the kids would get off the bus pick up the snowmobile, age six years old, driving a snowmobile across the water, or the ice, I should say. Um, it, was, it was tough. I didn't like it at all, and, you know, coming from Toronto. So, coming from uh, Minthus Hill, we could see this piece of property. Okay. And so, the next thing you know, the owner of the property said, do you want to buy it? Oh yeah, we want to buy it, and we did. We've been here ever since. 1973. It's a lovely spot. It is. <laughs> Much better you don't have to drive a snowmobile to get here. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. There was one time I worked at the high school mm -hmm. from 1970 to 19, uh, 2005 and uh, there was one time we had a bad 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 snow day and I was one of the only ones that made it into town because we drove our snow machine from the Pooh Corner, Carson Lake, <laughs> all the way into the high school. <laughs> That must have been quite the sight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the railway station, let's face it, that was the universe as far as everybody in, in this whole area was concerned. Eh? When we uh, first met, yeah. uh, he came up to Barry's Bay for a visit to see his mom and dad and so on and so forth. This is when we're, he was still in Toronto. <clears throat> and he said, you want to, you know, come up to Barry's Bay? Well, I didn't have a car. I was single and, you know, not spoiled rotten like the, everybody is today. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it, I, I said, okay, I'll come by, uh, I'll come up, sure. But I would not come by bus. That is beneath me. So I came by train. Union Station, Toronto, all at 9 o'clock in the morning, 
over to Ottawa, changed tra plane, uh, trains, and came to Barry's Bay and got here at quarter to seven at night. If I had have taken the bus, it would have been one until five. It would have been four hours as opposed to ten, twelve hours. Oh, anyway, but it was a, a beautiful old, uh, it was one of the wooden carriages. Okay. Uh, cars, I should say, that the wooden seats and stuff. And I said to the conductor, I said, where's Barry's Bay? When are we getting there? And he said, well, you better not uh, breathe too hard because if you do, you'll miss it. So, <laughs> not anyway, wrong. <laughs> yeah, got here and that was it. Yeah, uh, there was a time and I think, well, I told you about Madawaska, about the roundhouse. Yes. Madawaska being a much larger town than Barry's Bay in those days, and Adel Lake, which is further up, there used to be a train station there also. So it went right through Algonquin Park, of course. You know, it wasn't nearly as big as the train station here in Barry's Bay, was it? The one in Adel Lake? Yeah. Identical. Really? All of the train stations built were, the one in Wilno was identical to the one here, and oh, one okay. in Kittaloo, the same thing here. Yeah, they were all built. The same. Exactly the same vintage. The same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was fun. When we first moved here in 1973, we could hear the trains go by. They're just over on the other side of that big field, and we could hear them going by and landing at the uh, tr our present train station, up and down, up and down. But then, of course, they stopped. So that was in 73. Yeah, and just uh, across the field from here, there was a, what they called a siding. It was about four or five different sets of tracks where they would load timber, lumber, logs on the boxcars, in the boxcars, pulpwood, whatever. That's why it's called Martin Siding Martin Road. Siding Road. There was an actual whole big system there for loading oh, stuff. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's what, yeah, Martin Siding Road. Now, did you ever, did you, from your farm here, did you ever bring lumber or anything? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, well, the road, Martin Siding Road, was there. It connects, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. did not know that. <laughs> I'm learning lots of new things. And of course, the roads weren't paved. You uh, drove through six inches of clay mud, and if you got through, then it was good. If you didn't, you had to go and get a horse and pull you out. <laughs> and what else in... in well, every, everything that happened, happened out of the station. And the Balmoral, of course, that's where everybody uh, met and settled their differences. And, Wasn't it the focal point of Barry's Bay? Oh, it was. Not the focal point of Barry Bay. It was the focal point of the whole of Renfrew County, literally. Yeah. Because yeah. this is where all the settlers came. German, Irish, and Polish. And Saturday night, across the, the whole wall, the walls would just sort of vibrate from all the... Then the door would fly open occasionally and out would pop half a dozen guys and bang, bang, go into a big brawl and all scratched up and so on. Go back into the uh, beer parlor, as they called it, sit down and buy each other a beer. That's the way it was. <laughs> Now, were you ever involved in those? Uh... Not, no, no, but I, I must admit I had my, uh, we used to go to the Wilno Tavern. Okay. And Tommy Schulis was the guy 
who ran the place in Woolmill, and the station was just down below it. So everybody, young kids, go. We'd go into the Wilmot, and Tommy would come up to our table. How old are you guys? Oh, 21. Oh, okay, here, give me a quarter of beer. And we'd sit there and give me. Meanwhile, you'd be what, 16? 16. <laughs> oh, not today. I don't think you could get away with it. <laughs> no. Beers also are in a quarter, so. Yeah. Uh, do you know who her father is, eh? I do. Yeah. I was telling her about him working up at Whitney. In the bush with Hillary. Now he's a chef. I know. Very big change, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What else? Well, I heard that you used to be the Reeve. Oh. So you can probably tell me a couple stories from that. Well, let me say this about that. <laughs> I uh, retired from the door plant, and I guess somewhere along the line I decided, well, I've got to have something to do. And there are things that needed doing. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm the guy going to straighten the whole world out of it. <laughs> With your sidekick though, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Without this one here, none of this would have happened, believe me. <laughs> She's a, a rock. More than a rock. Uh, Before they were amalgamated. Yeah, oh yeah. Before Madawaska Valley was amalgamated, I can tell this part. Alright. Um, it was Sherwood Jones and Burns, we'll know, uh, that was Sherwood, Barry's Bay, and Radcliffe. And he was Sherwood Jones and Burns, because that's where As we live right now. As a counselor. As a counselor. One term. For one term. And then it became amalgamated all around, and he became a counselor again. And then the next time around, he became mayor. Re re no, I think they changed it to mayor. Well, it was Reeve. Reeve first and then mayor. They changed okay. to mayor. So he was mayor Reeve twice. I was councillor for six years and mayor for seven years. Okay. Thirteen years altogether. That's a lot of time. It was a great experience. And they talk about democracy. Federally and provincially, there's no really meeting of the minds. In small communities like this area here, you have five people sitting around a table and each one has his opinion everybody is able to express that and then you you ask people to vote on what they think would be the best situation to how to address it and the majority wins you need three out of the five if there's a tie that's the only time the mayor gets to vote to break a tie if there is one but what i'm getting at quite simply is that things get done and at this level you, you you have to be honest you can't be otherwise they kick you out of town you know that if you have a if you're looked at as being some a little what you, shady, shady or crooked you won't last no. six months here you know that because you meet everybody on the street mm -hmm. but I, I think federally provincially it's 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 it's, it's party 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 conservative liberal those two and what do they accomplish well i'm not sure a whole lot <laughs> a lot of back and forth with those and remember that this railroad line here was built with a shovel and a pickaxe and a sledgehammer mm -hmm. that's the way this railroad was built horses 
not big bulldozer and stuff. Imagine it. And you know what rock cuts are, you see where they mm -hmm. had to blast out, all done with sweat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think people need to appreciate that a little bit more sometimes. Absolutely. We're all spoiled. We really are. That, and I'm doing a little bragging here, that grandfather, great-grandfather of mine, that man carried a 100-pound bag of flour from Renfrew to his homestead here, just out past the hospital. And what he farmed on was not much more than bare rock. They survived. A lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And all of My uh, grandfather Sobolski was born on Simpson's Pit Road. Okay. Just down the road from you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Very close to where I live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was, I was doing some reading and the way they lived was very different. They were saying that money wasn't really... They didn't use money, it was more trading. Uh, yeah, one chicken but, for uh, a shovel full of dirt. Yeah. And, and you know the only money like cash money used to come from the Eganville Creamery. Okay. And it was referred, oh, cream trucks coming next week. And they'd bring you cash for the stuff they picked up the week before. And that was your money to buy uh, whatever the hell. Cigarettes. Cigarettes or tobacco or whatever. Oh, from the cream you got from your cows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, hey, had to. Rake, rake hay by hand, uh, loaded on the hay wagon in 100 degree temperatures, oh, in the hot sun. But it wasn't the fast pace that it is now, John. <laughs> but you know, when the day was over, you weren't thinking about going down to the Balmoral Hotel. The only place you wanted to go was bed. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably fall asleep pretty fast. Now, what was school like around here? Uh, we were taught by nuns, Okay. sisters of St. Joseph's, and most of the teachers, the nuns, were actually of Irish descent, because okay. the Irish were more Catholic than the Polish were. <laughs> so the, the teachers that taught us all were pretty, pretty much Irish, good teachers, you didn't fool around there. You went to uh, St. Joseph's, where the college is right now, right? Yeah. And then... The old Polish... Well, the old Polish Here's church. St. Hedwig's. St. Hedwig's, yeah. yeah. And then you, in, in high well, school, you went... Where the beer where, store is. Where the beer store is, St. Joseph's. Oh, there was a school there. There was a... Well, when we came to Barry's Bay, I remember that school. Oh. It was still there. And the old arena, which was adjacent to it, where Value Mart is now. Yeah. They had one nun teaching nine and ten grade 9 and 10, mm -hmm. and another nun, 11 and 12, one. And there would be nine, to be sitting in the same room, 9 and 10 and 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. So she'd teach grade 9 and then switch to grade 10, blah, 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 blah. What about the school out here um, on, on uh, Sobolski Road oh, yeah. that Raymond Norlock lived? My grandfather, great-grandfather Hildebrand built that school. And that was, that was eight grades, wasn't it? Yeah. Eight grades, one teacher, eight grades. Can you imagine? imagine? Yeah. That, that poor teacher. So, uh, today they go, oh, this class size is too big, oh, too many students in the class. But you know what? 
The nuns were the boss. Do you listen, I'm sure. Oh. They used to carry around these big, like, pool cues, you know what they're like? Mm -hmm. But they were, weren't about half the length. <laughs> you were whack! <laughs> and it hurt! I can imagine it would. Well, in the days when our sons went to school, they would have been oh, anywhere from 6 to oh, 10. Six to that ten. would have been 1960 uh, to 70. Mm. Um, one of our sons was quite disrespectful to the teacher under his breath. And she said, what did you say? And he said, nothing. But some, some uh, kid squealed on him. Said, he said you were a, you know, you're an old battle axe or something like that. And she, he got the strap. And I mean, he got the strap. He was bright red on his, uh, on his hands. Oh, we used to get well, whatever. You've heard the, the, the things, uh, spare the rod and spoil the child? Yeah. I've never heard that saying, no. Oh, yeah. Spare oh. the rod and spoil the child. The rod was this. Yeah. And so everybody got it from yes, parents. Yeah. And it wasn't uh, today. And it's, it's the teacher's fault. No, no. It, it's, it's, if it's the child. You, you went home, your, my old man would give me a kick in the arse. Again. Not say, oh, poor you, you got strapped. Yeah. Yeah, so you got it at school and you got it at home. Not now today, they now they're going to sue you because... Yeah. yeah, you can't do that at all. Nope. And our neighbor here is Dr. Joe. I don't know whether you know that or not. Joe Sobolski. Yeah, I think I do. Now, did yeah. you grow up with him? Did you know him growing up? Or? More or less, yeah. He's younger than you. A little bit younger. But his parents and, and grandfather had a dairy farm there, right? So they used to produce milk, Sobolski's milk. And you, did your farm also produce milk, you were saying? Well, we everybody produced their own milk. Yeah. They had their own cows. And they fed the, uh, what do you call it, tin milk, skim milk, to the pigs. And potato peelings. And milk, milk in its day, you take it from the cow, mm -hmm. you put it into a pitcher, the cream would rise to the top. Okay. And you'd pour that off. And that's the whipping cream. Mm. The skim milk, I don't even know where the skim milk came from, but... Well, the skim milk was, was the separation between the buttery type, thicker milk and... and the, the, the regular milk. Yeah. Okay. So nothing was wasted. No, no. And my job, I was a killer, because it was my job to clean out the chickens. <laughs> you ever heard the expression, it's like a chicken running around with head cut off? Yes. <laughs> that was my job. Big stump, axe, grab the chicken, bang, and throw it, run around, blood flying all over the place. So you would not be wearing your Sunday best while doing that for sure. Oh, and of course the priests, local priests, they were like gods, literally. What's that got to do with the price of eggs? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Side note. I'm just telling her she can pour it in or take it out or do it. Leave it. But it was a. Uh, Everybody was content, satisfied. There was community. Everybody helped each other. And it was, oh, what am I going to get for it? You know, that sort of bullshit. Was, you kind of helped when they needed it. Oh, yeah. No questions yeah, asked. Yeah, barn raising, you know, people. And then the, every year, you'd take your peas off, your wheat off, and then they had uh, this machine. There was one man that went around to all the farms, 
they shovel through that, separate the wheat from the chaff, as you've heard that expression, then there would be one hell of a party for about three or four days. Homemade moonshine, homemade beer, everybody loaded to the eyeball. <laughs> for three or four days. So the guy would, next farm, same thing. <laughs> so you just moved farm to farm for those days? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is it? Uh, Bayan? I forget what the name of it was. A big machine. <laughs> Throw it in there and out would come the wheat, you know. Or peas. And they used to have a separate shed with stalls. And the peas in particular, you go in and jump into the peas, you could literally bury yourself in peas and stuff like that. Good hiding spot. <laughs> And of course, going for the cows, that was a daily. Was that your job? Mm hmm when I was there, yeah. Oh yeah, and sometimes, you know, you, you put a bell on them, but sometimes they'd go far enough you couldn't hear it, and tramp into the goddamn bush for a couple of hours and find the cows in. You get them. Wasn't there a cow or a pig or something in town? In town? Yeah, weren't you little holding onto the tail of something? Well, that was a pig at home. We always had a pig. This was here in town? In town. My, my parents. Okay. And that was my pet. <laughs> he had this nice little shack with his little cabin there. And we'd put, either put straw in or shavings, you know. And I'd feed him. And he could, as soon as I stepped foot on the ground, a hundred feet away, he'd hear, oh, 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 and he knew I was coming. And then he'd lick me up all sideways and I'd feed him, you know. And he sort of fell in love with the little piggy. Yeah. <laughs> then in October, you had to kill the pig. You didn't shoot it or anything like that. In those days, they stab it in the throat here to get the main artery, mm -hmm. collect the blood. That was my job, as it was spurting out. You've heard this blood pudding? I've heard of it. Okay, that's that's what it is. Okay, that's what it was used for. And I'd have to bear that. My my friend, my buddy, scream, you know, a pig scream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was sad. But, that's the way it was. It was like your little dog almost. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, horses too, you know, they'd be you became very close to horses. I loved horses. Yeah. Belle and Dave, I remember the two of them, going clean out their stalls, feed them some hay, oats. Eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my grandparents had a couple of horses too for a while. Oh, I sure. When I was small, but I remember them talking about it. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful animals. Love yeah. horses. And you became attached big time, eh? Mm -hmm. And now, what else, Betty? Look at me. I don't know if there's anything else I can tell you. Well, you know what the water tower thing is on. That's where the trains used to come. I think, yeah, you were mentioning that's kind of where they had all the animals, the livestock, right? Yeah. And, you know, the trains would come and the water was in this big round tube up there. And they'd fill up with water. And we you go. Don't forget that in those days, the, the engines were steam engines. Eh? And they either they fired it with coal. And you have to keep shoveling it in. And of course, there was all pssst, pssst, steam blowing off and things like that. 
That is the last wooden water tower in Canada. I think I was reading an article. You guys, I think you petitioned to keep it or something like that, right? Actually, it was Lorraine Haskins. Okay. I was working at the high school at the time, mm -hmm. and the town, the the town council of the day said, "Don't need it anymore. We're going to rip it down." Excuse me, Lorraine and I got furious. Mm -hmm. We went. We raised money to save it. That's why it's there. And that's why it's there. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, because I think what is it the last one in Canada or the yeah. second last one? No, it is the last. I believe it's the last yeah. in Canada. Maybe the second. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I remember someone telling me that when I was younger, and I was like, because I I guess I always just knew it was there. I never really thought. I was like, oh, there must be more. But the fact that it's almost the last one. Yeah. And it's we've had it maintained, or the 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 train station has maintained it. Oh, okay. Uh, we originally cool. had the money to renovate it and fix it up the way it was. Mm -hmm. And then the train station and uh, the town have put new roofs on it and painted it and fixed it up. Uh, and you know where the Legion is? Mm -hmm. There used to be a, a, a spur line. There was a big sawmill down right on the lake, eh? Okay, yeah. Right, right where uh, the water plant, water treatment plant is, right, right oh, there. Okay. Huge mill, eh? And my dad worked in that mill as a water boy. And it burned, but Murray Brothers then took it over Omanic. Omanic. Omanic, yeah. Mm -hmm. I never knew there was a sawmill there. Oh, yeah. So did he work at the sawmill his whole life, or like he had a farm too? Oh, my dad? Yeah. No, my dad was a craftsman, a carpenter. Oh, okay. He manufactured, well, he, it used to be called Hildebrand Sash and Door, windows and doors. Mm -hmm. And originally four employees and himself, that was five. Then when I came up, we built an extension, a brand new building, and expanded, and we had, I think when, when we were going full steam on our own, my dad and I, we had about 20 employees. She was our bookkeeper, I think. But eventually, as it, it, it employed 120 people. Mm -hmm. Well, that grew a lot. And shipped all over the world. Japan. China. China. Uh, U.S. Yeah. South America, all over. Very impressive. From Barry's Bay. As a matter of fact, somebody should go up there and do a little story. I give the paper shit here. You talk about some crappy goddamn thing. It doesn't mean anything. Go up there and just see the quality of they're putting out. And again, shipping it all over. Mm -hmm. All over Canada, U.S. It would be an interesting story definitely yeah. to look into. Yeah. And that would be very positive. <laughs> we could use a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. I think, well... Well, you're gonna see, you have to see what's happening in the United States of America. Yeah. And believe it or not, they call him Trudeau, stupid, he's a crook, he's this, all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. good. Well, I know what you, you know what to put in and what not to put yeah. in, I'm sure of that. So that's it, my dear. Well, I, I don't know if there's anything else. I think we covered a lot. We got a lot of good content. It was a good interview, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, I learned a lot. It was nice meeting you both. Uh, just, I just want to say this, that the, the greatest thing that ever happened in this entire area is when the so-called draft dodgers, hippies, arrived. They... Oh, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> they changed the whole social situation. It was a very, very positive thing. And remember, not one of them knew how to plant a potato. They all learned and they all contributed big time. And... They contributed art. 
the, the town never knew what art was all about. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the talent that they've got in book writing and art and painting and and craft craftsmanship. You know, mm -hmm. they I can remember when they first came. What are those hippies doing here? Look at them. Oh my god, they're dirty. But by God, they people fell in love with them. Yeah. Yeah. They were good people, hard workers. There you are, Betty. Okay, done. That was Martina Coolis in conversation with Beth and Johnny Hildebrandt, two of Barry's Bay's longtime residents and two people who bring a smile to anybody who knows them. There isn't a problem they won't tackle, and there isn't a negative situation they can't overcome with their positive attitude. Fun-loving, yet hard-working, they are indeed the epitome of what is admirable and remarkable about our local heritage and unique culture. That about does it for us here at the Opiongo Line for this week. We hope you can join us next Sunday when we'll bring you something completely different, The Rockingham Six, a show that delves deep into a group of German emigrants who came to our area in the 1860s. Before we go, we'd like to thank Beth and Johnny Hildebrandt for sharing their story with us, and also a big shout out to Martina Kulis for collecting these fascinating oral histories from some of our favorite local people. I'm Kristen Marchand, and for the producer of the Opiongo line, Barry Conway, I'd like to wish you a good day, and God bless.